Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You are listening to The Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBTQ stories. I am your curator, Karis Bradley. Hi, uh, thanks for listening to this Pride special of The Coming Out Tapes. For this episode, um, Oz Ismail, who you may remember from the first episode, and if you haven't listened to our first episode, you should definitely go and do that right now. Um, but Oz and I went to London Pride uh, with some recording equipment, which was supplied courtesy of Alex Lathbridge, so thank you very much, and interviewed the people who came to watch the parade. We interviewed over 30 people across about three hours um, from all different points in the parade and asked them who they were, why they came to the Pride, and what they thought of the parade. We got a mix of responses from lots of different people, um, but we didn't get all the voices we wanted to hear. So after the parade, Oz and I went and sat in a park and we talked about diversity and pride and where it is missing. This episode is a collection of the voices that we heard from and an extract from that chat. Obviously, we didn't cover everything. Um, for example, we didn't talk about the choice to lead the parade with the NHS, an organisation which is wonderful in, in many ways, um, but still has a clear and documented history of harm towards the community. At the time of recording, we also didn't know about the TERFs, who hijacked the start of the parade um, and made a lot of people feel unwelcome, um, uncomfortable and, and threatened. So because we didn't know about them, we didn't talk about the fact that the LGBTQ community, who owes so many of its rights to trans and non-binary activists, um, is often discriminatory to our trans brothers and sisters. And we didn't talk about the fact that they weren't removed from the parade. We've seen a lot of people coming out in support of trans people um, since the parade and would like to voice my support as well um, to trans lesbians who are having their identities erased by the inflammatory rhetoric of TERFs um, and to all other trans people, especially those who were made to feel unwelcome or were threatened at the march. I'm sorry, we need to do better as a community, both to you and, and for you. In terms of the people that we, we interviewed, I've edited the interviews a little, focusing on making them clearer and easier to understand, but I've tried to do as little as possible as to retain the messages as people intended them. 
as for curation there hasn't really been much in the way of that um i've tried as best as i can to capture mine and oz's experience um at the parade and that is just meeting lots of different people saying lots of different things in lots of different ways um not everyone that we interviewed wanted to identify themselves and not everyone introduced them by describing their sexuality and or their gender identity um we also didn't ask these questions um I don't think we were able to interview people from the whole of the acronym um, and lesbian and gay people were overrepresented in who we spoke to. But we did hear from other members of the community as well. Similarly, not everyone identifies their race in their interview and we did not um, like ask them to do that. Uh, we did record a majority of white voices. Uh, Oz and I talked about the lack of diversity um, in our recording um, and, and so that's included in the podcast. Um, this isn't intended as an excuse um, but as a recognition that we need to work on a better way of collecting interviews so that we can hear more stories. Um, we do have plans on how to be more inclusive and improve for next year um, but we would really appreciate and take on board any suggestions or feedback that you might have in this area. Um, so that's the episode. It's my most ambitious editing project yet, um, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you could just say hello again. Hello. Okay, if you could really lean into the microphone, that would be great. One more time, hello. Hello. Okay. We'll just wait for the rooming to stop. Okay. My name is Katie Atkinson and I am a lesbian underwear designer living in London with three cats. Um, I came to Pride because it's my first Pride, it's not my first Pride, it's my first Pride being engaged and I love the parade so much. So normally me and my friends are a little bit lazy with the parade but this year I felt like because I'm engaged I'm really happy and I wanted to come and celebrate with all my friends. Yay! Uh, I'm Leanne, I'm 34, I'm a bespoke tailor and um, I came to Pride because my wife made me. <laughs> I want to see it and I haven't been to Pride in London before uh, so I just wanted to see how it works at such a high scale. What Prides have you, what prides have you been to before? Well, I've been, I mean it wasn't called Pride, it was, it was more like March of Equality and it was in Wrocław in Poland. Um, and what, what do you think of Pride? Over here, I, oh, I I heard people complaining that it was like commercialized, but really, to be honest, in a capitalist system, everything is commercialized to some degree, and if it's commercialized, that means things are acceptable. So, to be honest, I, I'm quite okay with that. Have you, you had a nice day? Yeah, cool. I mean, in the front of the march, like, uh, I think up to some point, there were like tariffs, you know, trans-exclusionary, yeah. So I used my super perk, rollerblades, and I, I just went uh, catching up with them, step after step, and I just went and kept teasing them with it. <laughs> like, and there was a person like in the middle of that uh, march, I think it was Oxford Circus, yeah, and she basically uh, expressed, you know, publicly, to, to speaking to a microphone, expressed her lack of support towards such a division in the movement. Well, I'm Tobias Eastwood. Um, 
a 22-year-old from Burnham. It's a village just west of London. Oh, well, I, I absolutely love Pride. Like, Pride for me, it's like a day of like, complete acceptance, happiness. Like, in everyday life, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of feelings that um, you're not really accepted because you're gay. Like, in my village, there's like, quite a lot of homophobic people. And then again, there's a lot of accepting people too. Like, the times are moving forward. But I still think Pride's very important because um, a lot of people have negativity in their life towards their sexuality or who they identify as as, as a gender or, or who they are as a person and I think a day like this just showing how much support is how much happiness and acceptance there is everywhere it, it just kind of it, it kind of cheers you up and brightens you up and I, I love including myself in these days because it's just beautiful to see for me okay hi I'm Marcus uh, I'm 31 and I've been in London for about four years why wouldn't I come to pride it's freaking awesome um, I've come every year since I've been here and it's such a good laugh, it's a good event, it's great to see so many people here, such a good fun day full of fun things and a good positive message for everyone, I love it. I'm Priscilla Matadi, I'm a young woman, a black woman who enjoys to be here. I think like uh, everybody love doesn't have any colour and um, I, I like to support the people. I, I'm black minority and gay people are minority and they're fighting for their rights and I, I, I come here to support. I'm sorry, I'm so emotional, I'm so passionate. Also, I'm a therapist with young people and I felt like they should never, ever, ever be ashamed to woo her because life is too short and it's so difficult. We have so many issues. So why I did other issues? Come on, who cares what you do in your bed? Who cares? Okay, hi, I'm Karis. I... Your name's Karis. Karis, I'm Karis with an A. Oh my God. Okay, random. Yeah, I am, um, I'm bisexual. Woo. I came here just, it's my first time here and I've come to have some fun. I am, I'm having an excellent time. Um, well, I've never been before and I had the day off of work, so I thought, fuck it, let's come. Oh, sorry, shit, am I not? Is that all right? Okay, that's all right. <laughs> I'm Irene, I'm from the Netherlands and I am bisexual. Well, I actually found out yesterday that a parade was today uh, and I always love pride. I love to celebrate love, so that's why I came. Uh, my name is Hans, from the Netherlands, and uh, I'm with my daughter on a weekend in uh, London. We said uh, we're going to see it uh, because uh, um, in, uh, in Amsterdam we have uh, a big pride always. And uh, it's, it's amazing, it's, it's wonderful to see all the people so happy and that we're all the same, all together. And it's good, good to see. Uh, my name is Andy. Uh, my main reason for coming to Pride today uh, was to celebrate with my friends. Uh, I just finished cancer treatment. Uh, so it's a double celebration, selling the f uh, celebrating the facts. I'm an openly gay man, but also finishing and beating cancer. Uh, I came because my sister uh, is into women, and so I thought I'd support her and take her here because no one else would. I came for my boyfriend's sister because she's never been before. My name is Waj. I am actually Pakistani. I'm Muslim. I, I'm born in Denmark. Hi, hi. I'm born in Denmark, and I lived in the UK for six years. I moved back for seven. Apparently, my mom passed away. She knew I was gay. I'm happy for that. And then I moved back in 2016 for, to Brighton. And uh, we, me and my girls, which are my dance partners, we are traveling up from Brighton today to support the gay pride. 
I came to London Pride because I want to do as many prides as I can this year. This is my pride number three. The first one was Birmingham Pride. The second one was LA Pride. This is my third pride for uh, London. I'm doing Worthing Pride after this and Eastbourne Pride. I love pride. It's like expressing yourself, being you, of whatever sex, race, color. I mean, like I'm a Muslim. I'm a brown queen. I, I come from... My parents are Muslim heritage. I'm happy to celebrate Pride because we need to teach our other gay queens who are coming out in the world that, that they're 18, 19, and it's not easy to be gay. You need to fight for this place, and we are fighting for them. We can have equal rights as straight and gay people, and we can basically be who we want to be instead of being fierce, brown, white, Chinese, Malaysian, whatever color and whatever race we are, just be that there's somebody to look out for and take the lead and make sure everybody follows your lead to be who you are. I'm Mark Rowland. I'm a Methodist minister. I'm from Coventry and it's great to be at Pride today. Um, I'm here especially because me and my partner have come down. We're both gay men and Methodist ministers and we're here next to a load of the protesters. We want to kind of say God is love and God loves everyone. It's really important to us. So we're able to share that with everyone at Pride today. Uh, my name is Olga. I come from the Faroe Islands. I live in Copenhagen. Uh, I came to Pride for uh, because I love this day. It's a day of day of joy. I'm Harry. I'm 64. I'm from Brazil, but I live in London for many years now, and uh, I'm very happy to be here. Well, because I, I was, I don't come to the Pride for many years now, and then I came today because my friend invited me and I, I love it. And to give support to gay people, because I'm gay too. I'm Kate. I always try to come to Pride to celebrate solidarity, love and care and friendship. But the first Pride I came to is in 1997. My name's Russell and I'm from Bryson. Why did I come to Pride? I come up with my friends today to celebrate the kind of uniqueness uh, the celebration of young people, old people and everyone from all around just to be themselves. Uh, my name's Liz. Um, I currently live in sort of South London, Croydon Way. Um, I'm ex-military. Um, I've been out for uh, 20 odd years as soon as they lifted the ban in the military uh, when you was actually allowed to be gay and be who you are. I joined in 1997 um, so I had to keep my sexuality a secret not only from sort of family, friends but also work colleagues, even though a lot of the, the ladies in, in the army were gay themselves. We had like a little elite group, so you just be careful who you are and where you are. Uh, I think it's a great celebration of people being whoever they want to be, whether they want to identify as a you know particular sexuality or not, and it's just it's great fun. Uh, I think it's a you know, great institution. Um, you know, it gets, gets bigger and bigger every year. Uh, I used to come sort of early 2000s, late 90s, and it, you know, it was nowhere near as as big as this and people just being themselves and it's all about being who you want to be not who people dictate for you to be uh, i'm jake i'm 21 i live and work in london and i'm here at pride today because i'm gay and i think this is an important thing to have every year to support and show for everyone to come out and and enjoy themselves more than anything hi i'm phil why did i come to pride um it's been four years since i last came to pride um i'm here with my friends um, and we just wanted to celebrate the love, basically. I think it's amazing. Um, I'm not too sure about all the corporate stuff, but the people marching, hats off to them, because we're watching their marching. It's amazing. 
Um, I think sometimes a lot of companies just put a rainbow flag over their logo, but what do they actually do? Um, and that concerns me a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm a bit iffy about the corporate side. Yeah, I'm Tash. I'm from London and I'm here because I'm gay and proud. Very simple. <laughs> um, my name's Jonathan Roberts um, and I've lived in London now for over a year and I'm here with a group called the London Lads. It's like a social gay group. It's my actual first Pride um, parade, so I was very excited. <laughs> it's really, really good, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, it's nice to see all the buzz about the place and everything. I'm Aaron, I'm 23 years old and I'm gay and proud. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, I think it's great. I love the uh, amount of people it brings out. I think it makes everyone feel very comfortable and it lets everyone see the amount of acceptance we have now. I came here so I want to support everyone. I want to support every, like, uh, the LGBTQ plus community. I just want everyone to have a great time. And I think it's good for people to turn up to these sort of things. So when you look at it on the news, you can see that people are coming and supporting it. And it's not acceptable to basically call out people for the way they live their lives. Hi, my name's Michael. I'm from Brighton. Peer pressure. <laughs> Peer pressure. I was dragged here, kicking and screaming. It was the football or pride. Pride won, obviously. <laughs> And what do you think of Pride? The Parade, um, well, uh, the Parade has a lot of um, different things coming in, uh, different groups of people. Um, I do think it's very corporate this year, but um, at the same time, it's, it's just nice to see everybody here just celebrating who they are. And yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I think Pride's great. Uh, I've been to lots of different Prides, but London is by far the best one. You can see that it's an inclusive event. There's lots of families here uh, and just people having a great time. I love it. I really do love it. It's great. Yeah. First ever, yeah. But I, I want to come back again. I just love the atmosphere. Everyone's so friendly. It's huge. It's really big. It goes on for hours and hours, but I love it. I love the diversity. And it's my first Pride at all. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing how, how big this is. I've just heard of about the Faroe Islands Pride and it's about 3,000 people so <laughs> so this is huge for me yeah I think it's an amazing day I think it uh, just brings out the joy in people and everybody are happy and just yeah I love the day well it's my first time in London Pride and so far it's been absolutely amazing the vibe is just wow it's a staggering really literally people are so warm and friendly um, the bright colours the sound you can hear it for yourselves can't you it's amazing is what I need to say on it really um, I'm Ryan. Um, I'm from Adelaide in Australia and I work for the ambulance service there. Uh, Pride, well, here in London, it's quite amazing because, you know, Adelaide's a relatively small place and, you know, you don't get all these flags and all this atmosphere. So, yeah, it's quite amazing. Oh, it's amazing. The atmosphere, the people, it's just an amazing, amazing experience. Okay, now it's recording. Okay, so uh, Oz and I are sat in a park um, by on the North Bank. The North Bank? I didn't even realise the North Bank existed. I know, and there have been like signs around being like, hashtag North Bank. I feel like they're just trying to make it a thing, right? Yeah, it's just a wannabe South Bank, isn't it? <laughs> 
Basically, yes. It's a little bit of London humour for all of our non-London <laughs> listeners. Great start. Um, we sound mildly hysterical because we have been at Pride. Yeah, it's been a great day. And it's very sunny and hot. Yes. Um, so we went to the parade. Um, so I got there at about just before 12, like 11.30ish, because I had to pick up our press passes. And then you were doing a panel. I was doing a panel at the Royal Society and we were talking about being LGBT in STEM and sort of the challenges and the issues and our experiences. Uh, I was at a great panel uh, and it was nice to sort of, you know, discuss these issues. Um, so then we met up and we went straight into the parade. Which is very, very colourful. And busy and <laughs> <Yeah>. loud. <laughs> I feel like people should not be given whistles. That's just an unnecessary yeah, noise. Yeah. <laughs> we should be the people who campaign for no <laughs> whistles at parades. <laughs> I'm sure they'll love us. Um, so we have we w- were there for about three hours. Yeah, yeah. We spoke to some wonderful people. Loads um, and loads of people. Try, yeah, we were like approaching people. Oz was much more confident at approaching people than I was. <laughs> uh, um, and asking them if they had a spare 30 seconds to come talk to us. Yeah. We, were, we got lucky because we met some very nice lesbians right at the beginning. And they... And Keris is very good at flattering people. I was just paying them compliments. I wasn't flattering them. People looked very colourful and nice. People did very beautiful and colourful. People had really put in an effort. Uh, I was more like, I need something from you. <laughs> Whereas Keris was more like, you look nice. Let's chat. And it was way more natural than me. <laughs> so we were asking people, we asked everyone the same thing. Um, we asked who they were. Um, and, uh, and then we asked them why they came to Pride today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we uh, like met quite a wide range of people. We met people in the military. We met people um, who had come to London from a different country specifically for Pride. We ke- met people who came from a different country but were here coincidentally. We met people here at their Pride, their like 20th Pride. We met mm. people at their very, very first Pride. Lots of different sexualities um, and gender expression. Uh, but it wasn't diverse on all spectrums. No, it wasn't. And I think it was interesting. Like some, some of the people we're approaching, uh, in, some, in some cases they seemed a little bit... Because we, ha- we have these press passes from uh, London Pride uh, and they were slightly unwilling to talk to us. I think some people, were, it seemed more like, a, oh, you s- you're a journalist, I don't want to talk to you. Fair enough. Uh, but there was definitely there was a couple of incidents where uh, specifically people of colour were not willing to talk. And this is an interesting point, I thought, because in a previous discussion I had with Pride in London, they did mention this. They said when they tried to do promo stuff at the parade, whilst people of colour are there, they are really still scared to be out. And so they don't want to be, you know, videoed or recorded. So there's a couple of... I think there was two people who kind of did not want to speak to us as soon as they knew we were recording, right? Yeah, and it was... So we approached... In both instances, we'd approached a different person who was friends with them. Yeah. And then their friend seemed quite keen and then mentioned it to the other person. And the other person was like, no, absolutely not. And then made like Mm. a... Like had to like physically remove themselves from the place where we were like very quickly. Yeah. Now, this is interesting, right? Because my... um, I've spoken about 
maybe not in my episode of the coming out tapes, but with you, Keris, like I've mentioned to you, uh, sort of my my early experiences of of coming out, and I mentioned this at today's panel that I had at the Royal Society as well. My first experience, aside from everything I've mentioned in, in the episode, there was also a lot of uh, racism that I, f- I experienced when I first came out into the LGBT community. And this is something that I have discussed with Pride in London as well. And they acknowledge that broadly representation of people of colour is a problem, especially for somewhere like London. When you do look at Pride broadly, it's very white. And I think the reasons for this is, A, people are scared, like we, what we saw today, because uh, the communities they come from are not always very accepting. I thought it was interesting, uh, the person we spoke to, uh, who was originally from Pakistan, who said he specifically moved to the UK and then uh, from, where was it? Was Denmark. it Denmark? Yeah, and uh, he felt like he was also telling other people to move here because he felt more free. And now that's a great message, but also... The problem is, within the LGBT community itself, there's still a lot of racial stereotypes that exist. There's also this idea that you either become, you get hypersexualized or desexualized based on what race you are. And this, certainly, I can give you lots of first-hand experiences of these things happening online, especially, you know? I was going to say, so you sort of started this bit by saying that this happened when you first came out. Yeah. But... Is this something that still happens? Absolutely. I think when I first came out, it was a shock. And I uh, I almost wanted to go back in again because I thought I've, I've left this. I've kind of um, not turned my back on, but I've made this decision to step outside of, you know, this culture and my religious background, which don't necessarily agree with, you know, sort of people being gay to then be like, oh, there's this new community who will accept me. And that really wasn't the case which I found quite scary. But now, many years later, I still experience it. Now, when I have the energy, I call it out. When people do say stuff that's racist or stuff that's inappropriate, I sometimes try and very nicely tell them, like, look, that's not okay. And with some people, they, uh, they apologize and they're willing to have a conversation about it. But there's still a large number of people who will get very defensive immediately and... Uh, call it an issue that I have and they will they will they will say oh you know you have a problem with your race or you are inappropriate I am one quarter this so I am all, I understand no you don't you've specifically asked me certain questions about my race because you've seen the color of my skin right and people get very uncomfortable but that happens a lot a lot amongst especially amongst gay men I can't speak for, you know, the other parts of this community, but amongst gay men, yeah, 100% that happens. They look at you and they want to know where exactly you're from. And sometimes that's because they have negative racial stereotypes based on where you originally came from. And sometimes it's because they... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Are you in a certain sexual way based on what race you are? Do you think that you have seen like improvements or like more challenges to this kind of racism within the community and also within pride so within pride like having spoken to uh london pride they they're specifically trying to do smaller scale things because i think they've identified that people don't want to be seen like so loudly within certain communities so they're trying to go into those communities and do smaller scale events they're also collaborating with UK Black Pride, which is happening tomorrow. So the day after London Pride is UK Black Pride. Um, and I think I've, I've seen a lot of people say, and also read a, a lot of great articles online, where people say there is this, certainly, if you're a person of colour, going to UK Black Pride, you do feel a certain sense of comfort by doing that. And so I think, on one hand, people people don't like this idea that there's a separate pride for people of colour but you can see why it's there and you can see why it's needed when people there's a lot of people who still don't want to come to this pride and feel like they're celebrated but I think broadly my experiences are I so I am more vocal about it and I think that because of that I see a change whereas 10 years ago if I'd looked at myself I would never have called anyone out on any racist stuff they said to me I would have been like oh shit like I am in this space that I am not really 100% belonging to, so I'm just going to sit back and take it. But now I'm like 100% no, this is equally my space. I will call you out on it. So I think because I'm doing that, I am experiencing changes. But unless everybody starts to feel comfortable enough doing that, it's going to take a while for that to change. Do you think it's difficult for people of colour to associate with things like pride? So where... Oh, fuck... I like I didn't touch it. <laughs> oh, I've just spilt oh, my no. rum and coke. 
everywhere. Um, do you think it's difficult for people of colour to associate with large-scale LGBT events uh, that have been associated with a lack of diversity or outright racism in the past because it makes you look as if you're complicit with that thing? And how much of a barrier do you think that is to... Um, being able to open those spaces up to people who have previously been excluded? So, I think on one hand, the way I see it is organisations, big organisations who have the power to do to make changes, like, um, like Pride London, like Stonewall, like I think we kind of still need to rely on them to help us make those changes, right? Um, now, Stonewall did pull out of London Pride because specifically because they said they wanted to support Black Pride because they're so aware of the, the race issue within the LGBT community. Um, but having seen having seen the campaign this year that uh, <coughs> London Pride ran, they did showcase a lot of people of colour because they know that only by showing that we exist will other people like us want to come out and and join in the celebration but also it's also i think people sometimes in that celebration it's not just about celebration right we have to remember that this is not just about being like oh we're out and proud this is also about recognizing that within the lgbt community there are still certain needs that are not met and whilst we're put in this group we're not necessarily all equal within the even within this group right um yeah so um on the other hand, I think like not being able to associate with it because you feel like it's racist, I think it's also true. I've heard, me, definitely heard multiple people call this out. But I think it also depends on how long you've been out. So in the early days, I definitely used to try and um, maybe play down my brownness in any way I could possibly can. And also my early experience of going to like gay bars and stuff weren't very good and sometimes like in, in bars if people were go ask me questions like um, you know where I'm originally from or stuff like that I feel like I have to explain to them where I'm from but also why I'm gay like I had to, I feel I felt like I had to give them this complete essay and I don't think enough people realise I know where you're from is a very harmless question it, it comes from a good place but sometimes when you're in an LGBT space and you get asked that question it puts you in such a spot that you f- you automatically feel uncomfortable because it's almost like they're questioning why you're there, and I don't think enough people feel that or realise that. Is that because people don't associate people of colour with being LGBT, so they that, assume that you're? I think that's I think so, and I think th- well, that was my take on it when I in, in when I used to get this get those questions. I'd say I mean so like those questions are the the okay ones when I say like people ask inappropriate questions. Those are, I actually don't have a problem with people asking me where I'm from if it comes from someone who I'm chatting to and we're getting to know someone like you know if it, when it's the first question someone asks me as soon as they've interacted with me then I question why they're asking me that and then I feel like oh you just you think I shouldn't be here um, so I think there is that and also when I speak to my other sort of, like other people of color who are gay like they have all experienced this but no one I just feel like they don't have the energy to deal with it because they've dealt with so much other stuff in the background like broken through cultural and religious barriers to be out. I just feel like people just don't have the energy after that to be like, oh, suddenly we're being questioned about, you know, our journey or like, 
where like how how this fits in with our culture or our religion i've definitely had people ask me like questions like that about how i'm gay and x um and i'm like well i don't have to explain my identity to you but i used to feel like i had to and that is that is the sort of unique thing i think that maybe a lot of people people kind of feel but i personally think i'm uh, just too tired to deal with that question um <coughs> but it's interesting isn't it like so like i i talk so much about people of color and their place in the lgbt community and in pride but i myself I'm guilty of not then thinking beyond that. Like, do, like there, there must be so many other groups who are excluded from these celebrations, right? Yeah. So I, uh, so I follow. I think like the largest group of people that I follow on Twitter are uh, LGBT disability activists, right? Who specifically are trying to make the community more accessible to people mm. with various different disabilities because we have like a lot of problems. So if you take London for example, a lot of the historical LGBT pubs and bars and things they're all in basements mm. because they were hidden away um because otherwise they would be like targeted or shut right. down but that means that they're at the bottom of very narrow staircases and it's very hard for people with mobility difficulties to access mm. them and then people haven't made the financial contributions and the effort to extend those spaces right. and so i've seen a lot of people tweeting specifically about pride which is like it's a parade mm. like it is difficult for people yeah. um who have maybe chronic illnesses or need mobility aids to access that space and we saw a few people with physical visible physical mm. difficulties um who like were struggling with steps or yeah yeah other kinds of of things but we didn't really see very many people. Um, it's That's also, true. it's difficult. So if you, for example, have autism, um, like it's just a very loud space. Mm. Um, and so there are, like, I've seen other people talking about how they can't go to Pride because uh, they can't be in that many people at that noise volume right um and so there are other types of prides in the same way that there's black pride which yeah. has been specifically designed so even like so pride in london run a whole pride festival don't they yeah like so i remember when i spoke to them they said this 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 is one of their initiatives to target those people who don't feel like they belong at the parade or can't access the parade was specifically running s things that were tailored for these groups at the pride festival yeah um and I've, so I've seen other like kind of suggestions, which are things like if you're going to have a parade route, if you make it a circuit as opposed to starting somewhere and finishing somewhere, it mm. can be easier for people to come in and out so they can like start and finish without ah. having to do the whole yeah, distance because yeah, yeah. um, they can go a bit and then they can cut out and then they can come back and then they can join up and finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like things like that, which could become part of the infrastructure that's amazing. Do you, make it? Do you think it's quite a challenge with London being such an old place and like the windy roads and stuff? I think if it was worth it, you could make it work. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those things. But that is something. So, like, we came to this day trying to get as wide a range of voices as possible mm. and as wide a range of perspectives on Pride as possible. But because we came specifically to Pride, um, which in part is because, you know, we wanted to do it properly, get press yeah. passes, yeah. 
I didn't want to go to a pride which is for people who don't feel like they can come to the main pride because yeah. they're not out and they exactly. are, are worried about the cameras and stuff. Right. Like go to one of those spaces and be like, here is a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we came to a place which is naturally exclusionary of some voices of the community mm. and therefore aren't able to get all of the voices. Um, having just said, like, if you cared enough about it, you would make it work. Like, obviously there were, other, like we could have, gone to other spaces so the range of voices that we've collected today is not the range of voices that is reflective of the community exactly and also what i notice like obviously pride is it's a celebration right as much as i like we bang on about why did pride start pride started from a very dark place and the fact that maybe sometimes people get caught up in the celebration and forget into some in in some ways that seems okay because we are celebrating the progress that we've made, right? But at the same time, um, the voices we heard today, most of them were like, it's a great thing. And obviously they came here because it's a great thing, right? What was your take on that? Like what, like the the largely positive message that everyone was giving out? So we, we had like a bit of a chat before we came, like started recording, where I was saying that, like basically I spend the whole of Pride Month being like obviously it's fantastic that we have pride and it's celebratory and loads of people enjoy it and i celebrate the fact that they enjoy it mm. but also there are loads of problems with it mm. there are loads and loads of problems with it um but then i got to pride and i literally so i got on the tube this morning mm. uh to to head up to the top of the parade and i saw this kid get on to the tube with their mum and they had jeans that they had sewn on a rainbow like stripe down That's their adorable. jeans themselves and they had rainbows on each cheeks and they were there with their mum was taking them to pride and I was like welling up on the tube and then I got off the tube and I walked towards the parade and people were like getting ready to march in the parade and the atmosphere is like it's infectious and everyone is so happy and even though I have like I have a lot of LGBT friends Mm. I do a lot of LGBT performing I do exist in a lot of LGBT spaces I'm very lucky I have, like, this is the one day of the year where I'm surrounded by LGBT people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and there are, there are obviously straight people and there are cisgender people, but they're not the dominant voice. There isn't the same, like, media bombardment of the way that you're supposed to live Mm. your life. Um, And that's just, like, I don't think... I, like I think that that's the thing that I forget how special that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as soon as I get there, I'm just like, this is the best thing that's yeah. ever happened, <laughs> and it's so wonderful. And then all of the cynicism and all of the legitimate criticism that I have, yeah, it's just like gone, just melts away. I completely agree. Like I, as soon as I stepped out and um, with you on the parade, I was like, this is so great. And like the fact that we are celebrating our existence is so great and I do forget all the criticisms that I have as well and 100% we do need that we do we do need people to feel like we can celebrate the progress that we're making but also later on when we like came out of the parade I did say to you what I'd love is for this feeling of like because when you're approaching people people most people are very very welcoming they want to talk to you at Pride, that every year, that's the case, right? You can talk to anybody on the street and they'll talk to you. But it's not like that all the time, right? And 
Ideally, I what I'd like to see an LGBT community that is like this all the time. We're always accepting and welcoming of everybody, and that's not the case. I also would like to, like, I think it's really important to change pride because not everyone gets to feel that Mm. because of the things that we've talked about. Right? Yeah, exactly. People physically not being able to come Mm. or getting there and then being like. Mm. they don't feel that feeling yeah, because yeah, they yeah. don't see other people like them mm. and then they have to leave or they stay but they don't feel that yeah 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 um so we'd like we talked to lots of people in the parade today lots of people were very kind and let us interview them and we asked everyone why did you come to pride yeah. and so many people had really positive messages and then we sort of stopped about about halfway through and we were like like I, some of these people must not like not everyone here can think that pride is perfect is there some like that that can't be the the case but nobody wants to share like criticisms Mm. of it and so you pointed out maybe we could change the question so then we tried asking uh why did you come to pride today and then what do you think of pride and what what do you think of the parade and then we got a couple of comments right yeah so we got uh, most of these comments were uh, focused around the fact that it's a very commercial um, sort of what's the word I'm looking for it's such a commercial like display um, and people didn't like that people felt like there were a few people who, were, who felt like it's all about brands jumping onto pride and yeah basically kind of profiting from like yeah. all the horribleness that we've been through right well it is like for yeah. a lot of people it is a massive advert like yeah. i saw so many flags that had like hey you had they were handing out little flags that mm. you could wave but they all had their lo- there was a rainbow flag with the logo right in the middle yeah. so it's basically like it's a whole bunch of free advertising yeah 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 like i want to know how many people are going to go home and like then buy the product or subscribe to the Exactly. Service. That, that's a good question. Because like, I had some emails in my inbox yesterday like reminding me that uh, it's Pride. And I was looking in these emails for what, what they were doing about it. You know, like, okay, there, was a, there were a lot of organizations today who were clearly showcasing their LGBT staff and the, the people who work for their organizations. Like that, I think that's great. I think showing these people exist within all these different organizations is great there's then organizations that pledge to give a certain amount of money to lgbt specific charities so like those i think if that's going to happen 100 percent those brands should be there it's only what i don't like is not knowing if all these brands are doing that where are the receipts where are the receipts exactly um Especially the ones who are not marching in the parade and just sending me email, promotional emails saying, oh, it's Pride. Here's a rainbow flag on my normal product. Like, now I support you. Come and buy my thing. And it makes me want to... And I, I, the, the other thing is, younger me would have been like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, it's a rainbow flag. I should buy this thing. Older me now is like, I must investigate this brand to see if they're actually gay-friendly. Like, you know, so... I don't know if there is like an age divide in who buys into that. Um, I have so many thoughts about this kind of thing. I saw quite a lot of good photos on Twitter where people posted about how in their companies, 1st of July, all of their LGBT rainbow promo stuff 
that they had in their office just in the bin. (laughs) Like, 1st of July, take it all down. Now we're doing Independence Day or now we're doing the next holiday. So it's basically from one celebration to the next to promote their brand. Um, And I have a friend who works in advertising who was like, yes, that's exactly how it works. We have like a calendar and that calendar, like the year calendar, they've marked out all of the different holidays that can be exploited for Mm. extra profit. And I saw someone who volunteers for Dublin Pride talk about how some of the floats at Dublin Pride cost 30,000 euros. It's insane. It just, that is, like, you could... You could house comfortably a family and feed them, take them on a nice holiday for that amount of money for a year. I think I saw something similar uh, in a news article and the person who wrote it, I think, was arguing that, uh, or like making the case, saying that it's fine for these organisations to spend that money on floats, but why not halve it? You could still have a great float and then give the rest of it to a charity that will ben- specifically benefit the community. And this is... So I think that's really, I think that's a really good idea, and I would like to see them do that, and I would like to see mm. them prove that they do that. Um, we spoke to one person who said that they understood there were a lot of criticisms about the cons- corporate sponsorship, but we do ultimately live in a capitalist society, and when the organisations get involved, that means a certain level of acceptance. So in a way, the corporate sponsorship can be celebrated in mm. pride. But I think given that we're a community that has historically and remains to this day been economically oppressed as like a way that we have been oppressed, Mm. it's particularly disgusting that we spend all of this money on this one day and having that big party bus when like transgender women of colour are the most impoverished people within society Mm. we have a disproportionate number of of, uh, homeless youths coming from the LGBT community uh, who have been made homeless specifically because of their gender identity or sexuality that you're like in so many states you can get fired in the UK you like might not get promoted you might Mm. not get the job that you want you might have to do your job in a way like and keep yourself closeted because you're worried about that kind of thing um there are loads of areas of like high income or high education like stem where lgbt people are underrepresented Mm. because at some point down the line of economic factors like there's so much that can be done with that money and so many lgbt charities have had their funding cut like so many LGBT charities are losing their funding mm. because our government is just taking it away from them. So I guess in an ideal world, we need to find a way to have this. Because, like we've said, we we have enjoyed the celebration and enjoyed the day. How do we find a, a balance between celebrating this, including everyone? And also making sure that we're not just putting money down. How do you spend 30,000 euros? That is true. That is an insane amount of money. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh, So I guess guess from that, what I I can take away from that is it's not just the responsibility of big organisations. The small organisations that participate in this also have a role to play in making this celebration 
a well-balanced one, right? Yeah. I think my takeaway from today is that I do really love Pride. I love it so much. Mm. And I have really enjoyed the day. And I'm so grateful to everyone who took the time to talk to us. We've met so many really wonderful people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think because I love Pride so much, like I really want it to do better. Mm. And I support the initiatives. Like I know that the Pride organization who you've been mm. speaking to, they do have some plans on how to make it more inclusive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely, I completely agree. I, like, I've, I've had a wonderful day today as well. And just being out here amongst our people, <laughs> um, in a way, is, is, it is nice. And it does, that sense of celebration is nice. And what, in an ideal world, I'd like people to be that accepting and that nice even within the community all the time i'm sean ventress why not come to pride are you not you gotta celebrate stuff like this i'm not gay or anything but you know you gotta be a part of it uh, i'm emily and i'm here to celebrate jordan's birthday and his gayness <laughs> thanks <laughs> What should I say? What do you want to say? All right, I'm Connor. I'm here today because I love gay people. <laughs> I'm Jordan, and I've come here with these fellas, celebrate Pride and Emily, because they're all supporting me. <laughs> the glitter bit, the glitter birds are my work. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you've been listening to me, Karis Bradley. I'd like to say a couple of thank yous to the other people who've worked on this project. So Alex Lathbridge, who has helped with the hosting of the podcast and also the compiling of, of the music that you've heard, um, and to Scary Boots for creating our incredible artwork. Please subscribe review tell your friends spread the word um, and if you want to get involved and be interviewed on the podcast then there's a link um, on the website and in the bio of our, our twitter so there's a little form that you can fill out i hope you have a lovely day just let me know when you're ready i got some i got a, I got a statement have you got enough have you got a four gig carpenter can you hear me hey i just wanted to clarify i'm a brown muslim queen that i moved from denmark to here the reason I move is because because people at work in Denmark, especially in Scandinavian countries, they're very reserved. They're like, oh my God, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. And I told a good friend of mine from work that I'm moving to the UK. He was like, you need to calm down, you need to slow down with your fierceness, you can't be too gay. And I actually told him, you know what, you need to get a one-way ticket to the UK, US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. And never come back and see how the fierce gay queen lives and serving life. When I came here, I'm serving life, girl. And if people prejudge me, that's their loss because they're not gay enough. Hey, no Tino Shea, girl. Love y'all. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.